0: All right, welcome everybody to the Bible Thumper Podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes. As I check to make sure my microphone is on, Caleb Jenks is with me. And tonight is January 10th. It is the second podcast of the the new year. And we are going to be talking tonight about cursing. So if you have a potty mouth, you just might not like this one very much. So we're going to see how well that goes. So with that being said, um, we want to make sure that everyone will think about joining us on Spotify, on Google Play, and on, uh, what's the other one? iHeartRadio. Yeah, thank you. Those are the three that I know that we're on. And, uh, you know, with that being said, if you find us on one of those podcasts, I would ask that you would please, uh, join us on Friday nights. And that would be on Facebook and you can find us on Facebook. I think it is, is Sunday, it?
1: Nights oh,
0: Sunday nights so, yeah. now. I say that so often. It's
1: terrible. We were uh, so always Friday nights, we were until Friday recently. nights for the longest yeah. time. I know
0: we changed over the last six months and I never got the memo. Uh, So you can join us every Sunday night. You can do that on Facebook. You can find us on, it's either hashtag Bible Thumper 1611 or it's at Bible Thumper 1611. And I think I say that every single week and I'm far too late. I think either one will
1: pull pull (laughs) it up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: So if one of you try that, do me a favor, leave it in the comments and tell me which way my announcement is, is supposed to go. So we just ask that you would, you know, Come and join the fun. Join the show. Comment, ask questions, be a part of what we're doing here. So it's that, a lively
1: place over here on Facebook. Yeah, for now. I mean, I don't know how much longer this is gonna this is gonna last. It seems we, we like, should do one political we should do one political episode and then we could just get yeah. booted off of Facebook.
0: Yeah, that's all we gotta do. Yeah, I can go get my Make America Great hat and put that on and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and everything else will kick me off immediately you know, forever. And it's been a a crazy week. Out to my house to try to hunt me down. Cause I'm the dangerous one. You know, it's so ridiculous, but we've talked about that in the past, That you know, anyone that loves America, anyone that loves Jesus, uh, your days are numbered, you know? And, what are you going to do? Um, you're going to be censored. Uh, and to be honest with you, even though we complain about it, I'm sure glad I don't live in China or Belarus. Uh, it's much better off here today than, uh, anywhere else, but it is shocking when a private company, uh, censors the president and, uh, they tell him that, you know, he's not allowed to have a Twitter account, uh, because you know, um he's supposedly, you know, dangerous. Uh
1: Well, and I always even find banned that... him from Spotify. Really? <laughs> like what is he going to do on Spotify? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Start a podcast maybe. Well, you, gotta...
0: you know, and I was joking with Caleb earlier. I said Hassan Rouhani, the president of Iran has a Twitter account <laughs> they don't kick him off. But it's uh, true.
1: They don't consider
0: him a threat. No, he's not a threat, even though the only thing that, you know, he ever talks about is killing uh, Americans and destroying the nation of Israel and pushing it into the ocean. And even though every single madrasa in Iran and for that matter, the rest of the Middle East talks about nothing but, you know, uh, Christians and Americans and Jews being uh, you know, being the devil, and, <laughs> and we have to be eliminated. Sure. Uh, you know, leave him up on Twitter. And to be honest with you, Caleb, I think he should be allowed on Twitter. I don't think you should kick him off. I don't think you should kick anyone off. That's the whole idea of free speech. It's not just speech I agree with. I think everyone should have the right to free speech. And well, if-
1: okay, so I mean, Go I agree it. that's supposed to be a right that we protect here in this country. Sure. I could care less if the president of Iran has free speech or not. I don't no, think we I, owe it to him. He, 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 yeah. I agree.
0: Unless,
1: he, unless he shows his American citizenship, then I don't think he does. Sure. It doesn't apply.
0: The, the point I'm trying to make is that it is not supposed to be censored just because you disagree with it. You want to know what I right. do when I disagree with someone who's talking? I change the channel. I change the <laughs> dial. I turn it off. Okay. And that's what we're all allowed to do. And obviously that's what a bunch of you are doing since our viewership just dropped by about 70% in the last two minutes. So, so fine. You don't want me, you know, supporting the Iranian president, find another podcast. There you have it. Okay. Caleb, take it away. What are we talking about tonight? Why? Well, we're here, here to talk up. about
1: Patrick's filthy mouth,
0: potty mouth, potty mouth. Put a coin in the prayer jar.
1: Yeah, no, so um, well this actually's been something that we've talked about discussing for a while now because it mm-hmm. came up on one of our episodes. It was kind of mm-hmm. humorous, but it yeah. came up and it, it I thought, well, you know, it, it actually it it is worth devoting a little bit of time to just to, to have an honest discussion about it because
0: yeah,
1: obviously this is a big issue for Christians. So mm-hmm. what does the Bible say about cursing What's the difference between cursing, cussing, swearing, mm-hmm. uh, dirty words? Um, I think those are uh, sometimes a little bit confusing mm-hmm. uh, for Christians, and so yeah, hopefully we can get into it. So um, on, we, we can bleep this out on the official episode, but um, <laughs> on one of our previous episodes, I had said something about if we discussed
0: mm-hmm. Christian.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, about, I talked about the pagan origins of Christmas. They were mm-hmm. going to piss off a bunch of Christians. And we had yep. somebody that called me out for it and said, hey, uh, how, are, how is it that you're cursing and uh, preaching the Bible at the same time? Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was like, wait, All what did she us. say? All yeah, of we us were, <laughs>
0: were like, wait a minute, what happened? Did Caleb, what did you say?
1: Well, know, I was mean, trying to figure all... out, did Patrick say it? Was it me? Yeah. Did somebody say something? Did something come yeah. out wrong? Because I certainly had heard anybody say anything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I asked, I was like, wait, did somebody say a bad word? And, and so mm-hmm. the person commented and said, you, sir, it was you that said it, it came mm-hmm. from your mouth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, please tell me what it was. And that's when they... Yeah when they elaborated and so obviously um and that's not the first time that i i shouldn't have actually caught me off guard because it's not the first time i've been scolded for saying something that i would consider to be i don't know kind of a gray area or maybe not Mm -hmm. the most positive thing to to say but i um i do i do watch my mouth with with what i say i'm not i don't don't go around uh, cursing all the time or swearing but there are some words that don't really bother me sure so obviously that's considered a you know, a a bad word by a lot of people. And so it was like, all right, well, this would be a good topic to discuss. And so I just thought I would get that out of the way, obviously, kind of, I don't like to ignore, ignore the elephant in the room. So Mm-hmm. um I, I wanted to thank i don't remember her name but thank you for bringing it up if you still watch our you probably don't watch our podcast no,
0: she stopped following you because of what a terrible christian you are and a hypocrite
1: so okay over. Well, we lost no, anyways one, i thought the, it was I, I always like the iron that sharpens iron and so mm-hmm. even though it caught me off guard a bit i thought that i would s- just use this time to address that and say thank you for bringing it up and mm-hmm. also that you know it is understandable and um there's people that there's some people that I would not use certain language around, like my mother. Sure. Yeah. That I would be more careful around because I Mm -hmm. know that she's very careful and she, she wouldn't um, use certain words. And uh, some people are extremely careful, maybe too Mm -hmm. careful, but I mean, that that's also respectable of them to be extremely careful. So I grew up uh, very, very careful on these, these issues. Um, Mm -hmm. We weren't allowed to say anything uh, that was questionable. So we had, um, for, um, there was, there was never any coarse jesting in the, in the home. There was never any, um, anything that could have even bordered on something sexual. Um,
0: give me an example of coarse jesting for the folks at home. So we all know what you're talking about.
1: Well, that's, that's an interesting thing because that's a biblical concept of coarse jesting. And mm-hmm. I, I'm i not sure if I even know exactly. I've not done a, a study on it to see what was the original intent of that verse. I, when I would, when I would of think what, of, you know, yeah, when I would think of course jesting, I would think of, of specifically something that would probably be of a sexual nature or mm-hmm. derogatory, um, derogatory sexual nature, um, which okay. to me is probably what I would consider course jesting, joking about things that would be, um, that would be um maybe not even just sexual but maybe sinful or Mm -hmm. or kind of seen as as a as an unethical or immoral thing to talk about but then Mm -hmm. joking about it in a kind of in a in a derogatory way that that would be my my take on it as far as kind of where i draw the line with course course jesting Mm -hmm. um what's your thought on that is that close to hitting the nail on the head with that or not
0: um, well, I mean, the, the whole reason we're talking about this is because we're trying to figure out where the line is, you know, and everyone has a different line, you know, um, for, you know, I'll give you a good example of a dirty joke that I would often tell in mixed company in a church. Okay. Uh, the white horse fell in the mud. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> A dirty joke. The horse got dirty. It fell in the mud. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
1: all right. Obviously, I have a dirty mind because I was trying to figure. I was trying to figure out what was being insinuated here. Okay, that, that's, that's that's funny.
0: That's the one I would I would always go up to the teenagers and say, "Hey, you want to hear a dirty joke?" I'm
1: the <laughs> that
0: white horse fell in the mud, and they all look at me just like you did. <laughs> okay so All
1: right. i'm glad that's what i, I was afraid you're actually gonna tell a dirty joke i was like um, i'm not sure if we want if we want this on the record here sure um, so
0: any kind of joking um uh you mentioned of a sexual nature right okay any kind of joking that was derogatory towards any type of group right right like anything that was prejudicial Against, you know, like, uh, I'll give you, okay, here's, uh, here's my favorite racist joke. Okay. Uh, What's the difference between an Irish wedding and an Irish funeral? One less drunk.
1: One less drunk. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Now, (laughs) now I'm Irish. So I, you know,
1: I, so you can, you can do that. well, and Irish people don't care. I've never heard right. a person getting offended about anything in, in their life. Well, and to me, that's more of a cultural thing than a race uh, thing. I mean, yeah.
0: No, no, no. no, no. The, I don't use the word race. If anything, I'd use the word ethnicity. But what I said was um, it was uh, anything derogatory towards any kind of group. Right. Okay. Or anything that was prejudicial is what I think I said. So joking about you know men versus women or you know Irish versus you know whatever whatever you are you know. Um,
1: okay. There you go. Cross, crossbred mud.
0: Yeah. So so nothing like that. Like the Irish joke wouldn't have flown in your house.
1: Um, that would have. Okay. So it depends on which side of the, which, which one of my parents, my dad probably okay. would have something. my mom might would have gotten onto him about something like that. Probably not uh-huh. so much that, but there was, um, there was a lot of precautions in place to make sure that we completely steered clear of any kind of sexual joking sure. or talk in any way to the point yeah. that um, even um, things like um, using the restroom, mm-hmm. you never said somebody going was going to uh, was going to go poop. That was just like, oh, okay. Or, so, um, it was like well you have to go to the bathroom you have to use the restroom or you never said but it was always there was always some more christian version of it like you're behind or whatever. which now it. is to me is more weird than just saying sure. like with my kids they yeah. they uh yeah, you agree. know if somebody if somebody farts they mm-hmm. still it's not a big big issue but at yeah. home growing up it was you know that was something you didn't talk about or joke about or even reference i mean if it was oh. reference there was some um no i can't course. even remember what we called it but anyways it was oh toot you know oh, okay. so there was so much care and concern gone and it, of course my parents being first generation christians they went to they went from um being you know, in the world as secular non-believers yeah. to being Christians, and they rejected everything from their past and tried to embrace mm-hmm. everything that was wholesome and reject anything yeah. that could be c- questionable. So, Which anyways, the There's closest the closest that I ever came as a, mm-hmm. a you know a kid, even a teenager, mm-hmm. to cursing would have been um, I mean things that w- were not allowed in our house would have been to say somebody was stupid or to say mm-hmm. shoot. Or, you know, like Christian curse words were not allowed. So
0: what you're talking about is called a euphemism. Right. Shoot. Dang. Right. You know what I mean? So we know the we know the inappropriate word that's being substituted. And I know people that throw a fit over those.
1: Right. No, that that was the way that we were. They're
0: not my friends because I can't make it. I I can't live, I haven't kept, you know, to their standard and, and I get it. You know, I mean, I probably wouldn't want my kids hanging out with a guy like me either. You know, so it doesn't, I'm not upset when Christians don't want to be friends with me.
1: So the first, the first time, and I was blown away because I went on a, um, I'm trying to think how old I would have been. I was probably at least 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And of course we were homeschooled. So we were, um, it wasn't like I grew up in school around other kids that were cursing. I did hear yeah. people say bad words and I knew of some bad words like um, crap or, or, you know, other things like that that were were considered a bad word around Who the house. be like, not allowed. Oh yeah. The C word crap. was like, that C was, word was yeah. definitely not allowed. <laughs> that is a C word. To me, the C word and the S word were the same. Okay. You didn't, okay. I'm not, <laughs> go ahead. That's the way I grew up. Okay. Okay, So then, um, no, that's uh,
0: fine. I'm, I don't even want to, I don't even want to steer this conversation. I really don't. All I'm going to do is get in trouble. Like every question I have, I'm like, but And every comment I'm thinking or any correction I want to make, well, you know, Patrick, just shut up and sit on your hands. (laughs)
1: So So obviously I'm not as careful now as I used to be. Yeah. Um, my children have. Um, yeah, nowadays they
0: goes walking into a bar, and sailors come running out.
1: <laughs> no. Um, so, anyways, the uh, I went on a church camping trip with a Mennonite church in Colorado when I was probably eighteen or nineteen years old, maybe twenty. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. And I remember I was blown away because I thought Mennonites were very, you know, very conservative, careful Christians.
0: Yeah, for the most part, they're definitely on the you know conservative side,
1: right? Yeah. So, I mean, I thought that they would be very, very you know, they're never going to curse, and yeah. so I remember um, we were sitting around the campfire one morning, and they were cooking bacon and eggs, uh-huh. and um so there was some joking going on, and somebody said, "What was it? Some sausages that were getting cooked or something?" Uh-huh. And somebody Uh-oh. said the S word, and um what's that? I, what's that
0: how talking about breakfast
1: well, goods? they were comparing the sausages to a dog turd okay <laughs> which turd again turd oh, would have been another right. word that okay. i would have never said okay yep. anyways i was blown away that somebody just said the s word i was like True. whoa that yeah. is terrible there's like no, some well, major I, problems doing that. sure so anyways that blew me away and I there was times where I mean my my parents were very careful about it even my dad there was I remember hearing him on the phone with somebody at one point he was contesting a, a speeding ticket or he'd run a run a stop sign and he was on the phone with somebody at the police department and he said the c word he said something that, you like know, this is a bunch of crap or bull crap sure. or something like that yeah, and I was yeah. like I cannot believe my dad just said that yeah anyways um And so there was times that we were around other people and I would hear them say a word and my parents would oftentimes tell, you know, say, no, that's a bad word. And so the bad words that I was exposed to that I thought were the worst words out there were the words that some people would consider questionable that they would be okay saying in front of a kid.
0: Yeah, they they were saying
1: it in order
0: to guard their language in front of you. (laughs) Right. And you were like.
1: (laughs) So I was, it was probably long after you and I had met, I was teaching music uh-huh. I would say I was probably twenty, something like okay. that, and I had a music student um, that came along and is a couple, and they were not Christian, to the best of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And um, I had I had bought an iPack, which was like my first smartphone. So it was this Windows Mobile operating system on it. Okay. And I was all into getting on the Wi-Fi and yeah. uh, downloading different apps it, because this thing would just Iowa? do everything. What's that? Was it dial-up? Um, well, no. Yeah, it was about dial-up speed. Yeah, <laughs> or or slower, slower than dial-up speed. Anyways, so this couple comes for their music lesson one day, mm-hmm. and they were the ones that helped me buy this iPack. And so um, they sometimes they would I would sit at home with them for a week, and they would install a bunch of programs on it. And so yeah. they bring it back, and I'd have stuff on it. And um, I had found this app that I put on there that was would reverse speech. So you were talking to it and then it would reverse mm-hmm. what you said and say it backward. And so I would say words okay. and then I would flip it around backward and listen to it. And then I would learn how to say the word backwards so that I could say mm-hmm. it and say something funny about somebody
0: oh. and then say
1: it to their face. And and, mm-hmm. and then uh, then I would record it and turn it around backwards, show them what I'd actually really said to them mm-hmm. anyways. So <laughs> this lady she comes for her music lesson and I was showing them with this new app that I had on there that I thought was cool. And so this couple Mm -hmm. is standing there and she gets this bright idea to tell me, she's like, well, try saying cuff into it. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) So I said cuff
1: and I turned it around and I was like, I didn't reckon, I'd never heard the word. And here Hmm. I was probably 20 years old. I'd never heard the word. I had no idea what it, what it meant. And I repeated it two or three times trying to figure out what the word was. They laughed at me. They went home from their lesson I got online and Googled the word, and that's when I learned the F word. (laughs) So that's how careful my parents were, and I have to say that I'm thankful that I grew up in a in a setting where um, I wasn't just constantly around cursing. Mm -hmm. Um, That wasn't something that happened in the home. Um, But I was also quite judgmental. What's that? Did you just say the B word? You (laughs) said but (laughs) there's only one T. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay I, I I didn't understand that <laughs> it <with> an a. <laughs> anyway, anyways so um I went from that to kind of went on a journey from there to becoming a little bit more you know cultured with my language and mm-hmm. being around people that talked normal and used other other language, working in the work workplace with people having employees that used foul language mm-hmm. and so it was it definitely was a culture shock to me going from growing up in a very careful sheltered environment to being, Mm -hmm. um, around people that, that used language that was questionable. So, um, that's kind of my, that's kind of my history. And I went from there that extreme to over the course of a few years, I started realizing that, um, some of the people that I'd grown up around that were very, very conservative, very careful, um, in certain settings, I started mm-hmm. hearing some of them use bad language in other settings. And it started sure. bothering me that there was people that were very hypocritical pastors, people that would speak carefully from the pulpit, but then in other settings, they were less careful. And um, that got to bothering me enough that then when I started slipping up, and every mm-hmm. once in a while, I'd say a bad word, mm-hmm. um, I was I was quite alarmed by it. and I decided I'd rather be transparent about it and not pretend or be hypocritical, pretend like I don't say bad words. Sure. And so I kind of went full circle on it all the way mm-hmm. from never saying a bad word to, um, experimenting somewhat with what could I, how, how far could I push the boundaries or the limits with mm-hmm. it and not, um, and it's, I guess it was maybe somewhat rebellious of me, but to somewhat reject some of the, the ideas of the, the, the questionable Christian curse words that were outlawed growing up. Mm -hmm. And so for the most part, it was, maybe I would, I would slip up if, you know, if I smashed my finger and I would say the S word or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was very careful about not ever using God's name in vain still. But I I kind of rejected the idea that Christians could never use any kind of questionable words. And um, I don't know if I've, I think the pendulum's kind of swung back for me a little bit. I'm a lot more careful now than I was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially now with with children, you start watching your language a lot more. Um, Sure. But I would say that, uh, well, that's very different than your your upbringing, um, right? I mean, you obviously didn't grow up as, as conservative as I did with that, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, when you describe that, you know, you were 20 years old the first time you heard the F word, you know, it kind of makes me think you were raised in a cave somewhere <laughs> and not like a cave close to town. I mean, a cave like you had to, you know, you had to take the wagon train for like a week to get out there. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I went to public school, you know, you were homeschooled. I, um, I was not raised in a, in a Christian home. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I was raised Catholic, uh, that is not a Christian home. Don't let anyone fool you in saying that it was, I never prayed or touched a Bible, you know, till I was like 20 years old. I mean, you know, none of that stuff, you know, went on there. Uh, they did give wine to the kids, uh, that happened every Sunday. And then, uh, you know, other than that, you could do whatever you wanted and go to confession, and everything was fixed, you know, once a week. So that was helpful. Um, you know, so with me, I mean, I had friends of different ages, I had brothers and sisters of different ages. And, you know, for me, my mom and dad would not let me use, you know, bad language. That was for sure. But at a certain point, you know, I, I guess I'd heard it all. That wasn't really, um, you know, an issue, but for me, I, you know, I got saved in my early twenties and I started going to church and I read through the Bible and I knew that it wasn't good. And to be honest with you, you know, the, the main reason for this discussion, the main reason for changing our language is the same reason we're supposed to change Our attitude. It's the same reason we're supposed to change our appearance. It's the same reason we're supposed to change our behavior. And if you don't think you're supposed to change all four of those things, uh, you need to go back and read the Bible because the Bible talks about all of those things. There's a godly way to do them and there is an ungodly way to do them. And the reason we want to change our language is so that we stand out to people that we run into people we come into contact with. And I'll tell you what, Caleb, if you wanna know the effect that you have on someone, you stop cursing across the board and you make sure that your language is appropriate and polite, and you're gonna have people start asking you, are you a Christian? You go to church somewhere? I've had that happen uh, on you know plenty of job sites in construction. Where and I remember one of the first times I had that happen, and keep in mind, I'm like, you know, 23, 24. And a guy, I was working with this older guy, uh, and uh he says, Hey, uh, you're a Christian, right? You go to church somewhere. I said, Yeah, how'd you know? He said, Well, we've been working together an hour and I haven't heard a single curse word out of you. And I was like, Oh, I didn't really, you know, even think I you know, I was like, Is my body out of my pocket? Like what, you know. You know, I was wondering what it was that that showed him that. And, you know, one of my very good friends <coughs> who is a fellow that that takes his relationship with God seriously. He, he takes the Bible seriously and he he takes uh, leading lost souls to Christ seriously. He wants to see people saved. And he told me he's like, Patrick, I slipped up and let a curse word out. And he said, this guy that I had been trying to lead to the Lord for years, that just they would talk all the time. But this guy just wanted nothing to do with God, and you know, in any way, shape or form. And he let this curse slip out. And this guy's eyes just bugged out and his jaw hit the floor. And my friend turned and said, what? And he's like, I've never heard you curse before. You know, and they had been <laughs> friends for like three or four years. Right. You know, so- they are listening. Okay, The lost world is listening. The people that God has sent into your life to affect, to see saved, they are listening. So we have to be careful. And it's hard. It is really hard. It is hard to watch our language. It is hard to watch our attitude. It is hard to watch our behavior. And the re- you know why it's hard, Caleb? It's hard because we're sinners. That's okay. it. I mean that's the best I'm ever going to be. I'm a sinner, you know, and I'm going to sin in lots of different ways. And sometimes it's going to be with my language. So we want to we want to put effort into it. We want to train ourselves. We want to uh, be repetition in the you know, uh, or, or uh, we want to yeah be repetitious in the good words that we say and the bad words we do not say. And we get used to that, and it can turn into you know, a little bit of a lifestyle. And it's great when you're able to do that. And all it takes is a bad day and a bad mood and a little bit of laziness. And all of a sudden, you know, you can, you can slip up and you can say a bad word. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I try to remember, okay, you know, time to hit that reset button, I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to get back on the horse and, you know, get, Start trying to do things right again because obviously my head's not in the right place. But anyway, long story short, they they are listening. They're paying attention, and what you say, the way you behave, the way you look, the way you act—all of these things—they they affect people, and and people take right. notice. Yeah. So well, that's where I come. From.
1: Uh, well, there's definitely uh, there's plenty of scriptures to back that up. That's not just a just a Christian idea that comes from yeah. nowhere. It's not some something just come up it. by by a, by some pastor somewhere. Um, If you look up Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give an account therefore in the day of judgment. And then Ephesians 4 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So obviously this, our words matter. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Uh,
0: I was going to bring up the one in uh, Matthew. So this is when Jesus denies the Lord three times. And uh, right before the rooster crowed on the third time uh, when he was getting upset. uh, And after, uh, so I think I was in Matthew 24, verse 73. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou also art one of them for thy speech berate thee. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. Now, what's funny is Peter's speech gave him away. They knew that he was a disciple of the Lord because of the way he spoke. And then when he was lying about it. And trying to prove them wrong, what did he do? He began to curse curse and swear. Got it. Okay, so it even goes to show us here that Peter, obviously, the way he spoke was different and was identifiable as a follower of Christ. And when he was trying to appear to not be a follower of Christ, what did he do? He cursed and he swore. And what's the difference? I have no idea.
1: Okay, well, I would say that there definitely is a difference between cursing and swearing and filthy language, and I would definitely Mm -hmm. separate those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But, um, so I would say, the Bible definitely says not to swear by anything in heaven, not swear by anything in the earth, for it's God's footstool, heaven is his throne. And I think there's... Go ahead. I'm sorry, did I say that?
0: No, okay, but you know, I'm going to challenge you on that when you get done with. Okay, it. I should look up
1: the I should look up the reference because um, the context
0: there is not a swear like a curse word. That's a swear like an oath,
1: like an oath. Yeah, yeah. And So I would I would consider swearing. Still right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well, I would I would consider, and I think that p- there should be some some delineation between um, between somebody c- thinking of swearing as mm-hmm. as saying um, like if somebody says. That something they they describe something in a descriptive way that would compare it to something um something else that's extreme Mm -hmm. so like in the case that um that that you were trying to explain that something was extremely messed up Mm -hmm. um and and you, uh, you would maybe say that it was screwed up. Some people consider that to be a very, you know, to be a, a questionable thing or something that Christians shouldn't say. But right. is saying that something is screwed up and and comparing it to to something that's messed up or that something is um, is a, a piece of crap, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry for those that are, of you that are sensitive that are on here that are, <laughs> that are that are hearing me say this. Um, I, uh, Hopefully you can get where I'm going with this. So that to me is not swearing and it's not cursing. It, mm. Yes, maybe it's, it is, um, it is questionable. Maybe I would maybe even put it in the, in the, in the category of questionable, filthy language or a potty mm. mouth or cussing um, mm. kind of the American idea of what this is but it's not cursing you're not putting a curse on someone or something and you're certainly not swearing an oath and so there is a biblical concept to cursing and swearing and there's also a biblical concept of not letting unwholesome talk come out of your mouth so I think that all these things are questionable for a reason but for a different reason and I think that that's why we should be careful of just saying oh you're cursing well the the biblical concept of cursing or, or mm. even of taking the name of the Lord in, in vain, is very, very mm. different than what I think sometimes that we're that what we realize or what we're insinuating. So, um, I'm going to pull up here in John chapter eight, uh, verse forty-four. Um, here Jesus is talking, and he says, "Ye are of your father the devil." And the lusts of your father you you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So here Mm -hmm. Jesus was comparing people to Satan, which is a very, very harsh comparison. That's worse than being compared to poop, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, And that, to me, is speaking something, and obviously what Jesus was speaking was truth. But mm-hmm. that was speaking something, and and words have power, meaning. That was something very, very descriptive that Jesus just compared them to. Um, mm-hmm. another, verse, another verse here, he, uh, in Matthew 23, verse 33, um, he called them the brood of vipers. He said, serpents, brood of vipers, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? Um, mm-hmm. Another place, he called them the spawn of Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, there was plenty of times where Jesus said things that were unkind or um, extremely descriptive. And there was times that Jesus cursed a fig tree and it withered up and died. Those were actual mm-hmm. times where there was something where his words had very harsh meaning that was probably more meaningful than what somebody's using when they say, oh, shoot, you mm-hmm. know, that's a Christian cuss word, so to speak, or something that's questionable, um, is very different than describing something to that extreme. So I started, when I started, um, studying about this a little bit, um, a few years back, I -hmm. I was convicted about it because I started using more and more language that was questionable. And it got to the point that at one point I said something and it really bothered me. And it was the first time where I'd really crossed the line. And Mm -hmm. I felt like that, that it it bothered my conscience. And I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. That is not suitable for a Christian to say. And I had invoked God's name along with Mm -hmm. another word. And it was the first time I'd ever done that. And it bothered me. And it was like, okay, I sense now that there definitely is a difference between just saying shoot or dang Mm -hmm. it or you know Mm -hmm. whatever it might be and saying something else that um i mean i had i had probably said hell before um Mm -hmm. you know um and i'm not talking about the doctrine of hell yeah not talking about hell as a as a place but like like this it feels like this is putting me through hell or something like that using it as a comparison to hell yeah um Not so much in the way that some people will just drop that, you know, the H-E-double-L kind of Mm -hmm. word that we think of as a bad word. (laughs) Right. So um, I started realizing that there is there is um, there is I believe there is a a very clear line that you don't cross. And for me. Mm -hmm. I realized I'd crossed that line. And so I started looking into using the name of the Lord in vain. And and what does this mean? And I would say that some of the probably the biggest curses that I have had somebody put on me Mm -hmm. um, through conversations and their words that had a negative impact on my life have probably Mm -hmm. come from people that were careful about their words and never used a curse word, and mm-hmm. but yet they spoke negatively about me or my life and spoke neg- negativity into my life, and those words were impactful. I've been also around people uh, that weren't careful about their words, but they were generally using questionable language um, mm-hmm. in a in a positive way. Their attitude toward me was not um, tearing me down. They were a a good friend building me up and yet maybe in jest, they would use something that would have been a questionable word that I wouldn't personally use myself. And I never felt like it spoke a curse over my life. You know, there were Mm -hmm. we're still good friends at the end of of the conversation. Um, I could shoot Patrick out and use nothing but Bible words that I could pull straight out of the Bible. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, and he could feel very much like I had just broken our, you know, broken our, relationship off, I was not using words that were uplifting and building him up, you know, where it says for us to uh, not let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth, but only um, things that are edifying or upbuilding, those things could be uplifting and and edifying, even if they're not, uh, even if we're not talking about religious things, we could be building Mm -hmm. each other up in a a non-religious conversation. And, um, or we could be having a religious conversation and tearing each other down in that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that. And then I've also, um, actually just recently, there was somebody that's that she took the time out of her day to pull over on the side of the road. I, my mom moved to Texas recently and I was working on her place and we're putting in a driveway. And so I had had a, it's alongside of a dirt or a gravel road. And I had put in a dirt driveway and I didn't want to get the gravel truck in the mud, get them stuck in the mud. I put in a new culvert. And so I had to dump the gravel on the edge of the county road. You could still drive mm-hmm. around it, but it was right on the edge of the county road. And I was out there with the skid loader moving, moving the gravel in. And some lady, she was probably, I would say, about my age, maybe a little younger good looking lady she pulls up in her suv like a ford explorer rolls down the window i was i was trying to i can't remember what i was doing adjusting the battery terminals on the on the skid loader because i went to start it and it wouldn't start and so i was there and she she pulls up rolls down the window and i smiled and waved said hi how's it going and she's like you need to get this pile of you know what out of the road
0: yeah and she
1: started cussing me out and it it bothered me really bad because uh, it took me totally off guard. I was like, you know, she could have said, hi, welcome to the neighborhood. It's, you know, I see you're, you're moving in here. And anyway, so she, she cussed me out, you know, up one side, down the other. And then she spun out, spun gravel and she left and I was running the skid loader, moving the gravel in. And I was thinking of all the things that I could have said back to her if I wasn't a Christian. And uh, some of those things probably, um, maybe should have been said it probably would have done her good to get chewed out by somebody but i didn't say anything go ahead so i didn't say anything to her i just told her i said you know that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to get the driveway put in so that we won't have you know i had my vehicle parked on the side of the road so she's gonna have to move or you know drive around my vehicle and the and the gravel and there was plenty of space for her to do it but she was really upset having a bad day and anyway it bothered me late into that night even the next day i was thinking about it and this just kept bothering me yeah, this lady that just chewed me out because yeah. it just, it just got under my skin for some reason. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's an example of somebody using foul language in a very, very negative way that was, mm-hmm. that, that didn't make me feel great. And I, mm-hmm. it just messed my day up and made me want to push the gravel further out into the road and leave it there and you, know, and what you go and call in it quits. Situation,
0: you need to ask her, say, I'm sorry, ma'am, what's the name of your husband? <laughs> And she says, why? And you say, because I'm going to pray for that poor guy. <laughs> and when I'm done with this gravel, I'm never going to have to see you again. But that poor guy's got to live with you.
1: Anyways, and it's kind of funny because we live in a Bless rural part heart. of... <laughs> right we live in a rural part of texas and i don't i just don't if i was in the if i was in dallas or austin or something in the city and it was yeah. bad traffic i would expect that yeah. but i'm on a dirt road nobody drives down that road for days she lives down the road and we're gonna have to see each other again and why in the world would this be the way you introduce yourself to somebody she's obviously yeah. a spoiled probably a spoiled rich kid and mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just the way that she goes about her life and conducts yeah. her business and I, I was just thinking I'm really really thankful that I'm not married to somebody like that. I'm thankful mm-hmm. that my wife doesn't have to put up with me like that. That's mm-hmm. an, a good example of somebody using words in a way that that is not edifying and isn't upbuilding people. And I think that that's that would be I mean to me she spoke a curse over over me with her words more so her attitude and the way that she, the way that she conducted herself, then the actual words that she said, she didn't actually put a curse on me, but it's it still negatively affected me. So so
0: when oh, Jesus go ahead. oh, when yeah. Jesus
1: took turn to a fig tree and, and it withered up, that's actually mm-hmm. a curse. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, he, he cursed the fig tree and, and said, it shall never bear fruit again. It withered up and died and it never bore fruit. That mm-hmm. is a literal curse. And there are times where God does curse and those curses have effects on us. Um, but, and, and this came up last week on our, on our episode. And so I thought it would be interesting people, somebody asked the question, do you think that God actually curses people? And the answer is obviously biblically, if you believe the Bible, there are blessings and curses. And when we Mm -hmm. take certain actions that go against God, we're under his curse. What were were you going to say?
0: Oh, I was going to contradict everything you were just saying. So I didn't want okay, to cut ahead. you off in the middle and do that. I wanted to wait till you're done. Okay. Okay. So, so I want to give you an idea. Okay. So go with me in your Bible to Exodus chapter 20, because that's where, um, um, you, you mentioned this a couple times and I want to, you don't have to agree with this. I just want to give mm-hmm. you another way of looking at it. Another idea. So in Exodus chapter 20, when we're reading, um, It says thou shalt not take the name of the Lord, thy God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Okay. I don't believe that has anything to do with using the Lord's name as a curse word.
1: Now, I actually believe that. Okay. What's that? But that's, I, 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 believe, I agree with that, and that's what I found when I started studying. I felt like I crossed yeah. a line, and I felt guilty about it. But yeah. then when I started studying, I started realizing that there's probably a bigger meaning to not using the name of the Lord in vain than saying God yeah. in conjunction sure. with something Jesus else. Jesus
0: or God, and you—yeah. and you. Now, okay, blasphemy is a sin, and that's mm-hmm. what covers— Us using the Lord's name in a derogatory manner or using it as a curse word. We're not supposed to do that. I agree. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying that this verse, when you look at it, this is talking about not taking the name of the Lord, thy God in vain. It's not using it. This has to do (coughs) with you and I being a, I just lost the word. What are the guys that go to other countries to represent ours to that country? Ambassadors. An ambassador. So we are supposed to be an ambassador of Christ. And when we go forward carrying the banner of Christ, being a Christian, someone who is born again and saved and a follower of Jesus Christ, we are supposed to act like it. Right. Okay? in in all manners of our life okay the, the way we speak, the way we carry ourselves, the way we we um, uh, act or behave, the way we dress the w- everything about us it is supposed to be something that would not bring a reproach to Christ that would not bring an offense to Christ and when we have an ambassador who, Their job is to live in another country and they are the manifestation of our country somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So they come to this one individual in order to have a conversation with our country. And, you know, typically to communicate through the executive branch and the state department and that person it's so important that they behave with respect with dignity with courtesy it is not okay that they behave in a manner that would bring shame to the country that sent them and in the same way we are emissaries of the king we are ambassadors for christ i'm pretty sure the bible says that directly so if you could just look that up for me caleb as far as ambassador or ambassadors, I'm pretty sure we're called that somewhere in, in, uh, in, in the Bible. So we are re- representative of the king, and we need to behave that way. And it's not okay that we take that calling flippantly. So it's something that should always be in our mind. And it does have to do with our language it, that it does, but that's a small part. It's a, it's a bigger idea than just that. So that's not too far off or crazy for you, is it?
1: No. Um, So, yeah, as far as... uh, First, let's see where where we're going to go here. Second Corinthians 5.20 um, Mm -hmm. and then Ephesians 6.20 both uh, reference us being, you know, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. I'm not sure which version i just pulled this up in yeah as though god were making appeal through us we beg you on behalf of christ to be reconciled to god ephesians 6 20 says for which i am ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it i may speak boldly as ought to speak so yeah we're definitely we are representing christ on the earth so i would say um in the old testament there was a lot of a lot of times that god's name was invoked when Mm -hmm. swearing an oath Mm -hmm. and Oftentimes, I think that these, uh, oftentimes it was done probably in truth, and then Mm -hmm. other times, not so much. Um, And a a lot of times they would say, people would say, as surely as the Lord liveth, uh, I'll do thus, or I won't do this, you know, as as surely as the Lord lives. And that was kind of a a very common phrase that you hear repeated over and over again in the Old Testament. When somebody was making a promise, they would say, I mean, that was the most sure thing back then that everybody um, agreed on is the Lord lives. And so as surely Mm -hmm. as the Lord liveth, you know, um, I will, I I promise that I won't harm you or, you know, whatever the promise would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And nowadays, um, nowadays there's other expressions that are used where people um, will all agree that grass is green or, -hmm. you know, things like that, where they'll, you know, where people will use a comparison like that, that everybody agrees on. Um, So I think, I think that using the name of the Lord in vain could reference mm-hmm. um, sw- swearing an oath and not keeping your oath, but uh, but using, the, using God's name in vain for something like that. But I think probably something that's more common for Christians to do and, and I, a lot of churches and pastors and church leadership, I think oftentimes does use God's name in vain in trying to control people or get certain outcomes out of people or making excuses for their poor decisions because they'll blame it on God. And so they'll say they'll say, um, you know, rather than taking responsibility for uh, for a mistake or for a, a questionable decision that they make in their life, they may claim that they felt led to do this because God um, they felt like God showed them to do this. And to me, that is a very that's that borders on false prophecy, stating mm-hmm. that you believe that God has somehow personally given you uh, some revelation. Um, that that is to me using God's name in vain, just for the for for the reason of justifying yourself without taking responsibility for your own actions. Um, mm-hmm. Then also where where church leaders will um, try to manipulate people and get specific specifically in cults and stuff like that, but get specific results from people and and use control tactics and using God's name in vain in those in those types of settings. To me, would be a lot more serious than somebody saying, "Oh my God." and invoking God's name in, in, a, in a conversation, um, mm-hmm. to me that, that would be, um, it both may, may be questionable. And I think that mm-hmm. that saying, Oh my God is, um, a less appropriate use of that than, 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 referencing God's name in prayer. And I do think that because God's name is holy, that we should be careful of of not just throwing his name around uselessly and carelessly. We are going to be judged mm-hmm. for every careless word that falls from our lips. But I don't think yeah. that's what was being referenced here in the Ten Commandments. I think that people were mm-hmm. were using God's name in vain for for powerful Things like swearing oaths that they didn't keep or had no intention of keep lying and, and and invoking God's name in vain or controlling people in God's name. To me, those would probably be more practical places where I see that it was used in Scripture in a negative way and mm-hmm. also in in our culture. And even if you intend to keep a promise, why invoke God's name in that promise? And I think that's yeah. why we're later told not to swear by anything in heaven or anything in the earth. Mm-hmm. Um and so swearing by God certainly was already out of the question. but if we're not supposed to swear by God, we certainly shouldn't be swearing. Uh, or if we're not even supposed to swear by heaven or earth, we should, certainly shouldn't be swearing by God's name. So I think that that um, to me that, as far as using the name of the Lord in vain, I think that it probably we probably fall into that trap more often than we know when we um, as Christians say, well, you know, I, I felt like God wanted me to buy this truck um, mm-hmm. that to me is using God's sure. name in vain. You wanted no, that really. truck. Yeah. It was, it was bright, <laughs> shiny red, and you wanted to buy the truck, but your budget yeah. couldn't, couldn't really sustain it. You had to go into debt to buy it. And so yeah. you blame it on God say, well, yeah, I felt like this is what God to. Into your
0: stupidity. Yeah. No, I get
1: that it. to me is a perfect example of using God's name in vain. Um, sure. What about, um, what about the idea of of blessing and cursing. And, and what is your, what is your thought of it as far as, um, as far as Christians, I think we do need to be careful with our language and the way that we, that, that we are, but as far as in your conversations with people, mm-hmm. um, with other Christians, with uh, their non-Christians, mm-hmm. what do you think, how do you think that we can use our words in an uplifting way, in a, in a way that builds people up and that represents Christ as ambassadors, do you think that simply not using any questionable language is is the key to that or do you think that that's only a small part of it?
0: That's just the start. You know, for me, honestly, I feel the best when I'm not using when I'm not using uh when I'm not cynical, when I'm not sarcastic, you know, uh to be honest with you, when I'm not negative. Uh, you know, even complaining Uh, I don't really, I feel bad about because when I read the Bible, it tells me to count it all joy when I have all these terrible things happen to me. Now, granted that's for the sake of Christ, you know, when I'm doing the Lord's work Uh, when terrible things happen to me because of my stupidity, you know, maybe that's okay that I complain and feel bad about it. But, you know, I guess for me, Caleb, a little bit of perspective goes a long way with my speech and my attitude. And when I Mm -hmm. think about it and I realize that I am a Christian living in America in 2021, the fact is I have nothing to complain about. I have mild inconveniences at best because I have friends who are missionaries all over the world. Caleb, I just started reading a biography about David Livingston in South Africa And let me tell you, a lot of Christians in America need to read those biographies because those people had real problems, right? We we don't. We don't have any, you know, uh, real problems. We have moderate inconveniences. And most of my moderate inconveniences are brought on by my stupidity. It's not because I'm, you know, super duper Christian being persecuted by someone in the world. You know, that's not the case. So... And don't get me wrong, I understand people go through hardships, and they have difficult times, and they have loved ones that are lost or who suffer from disease, and, and those are difficult. But you want to know my answer every time someone asks me how I'm doing, I'll, either, I'll say one of two things. I'll say better than I deserve, or I'll say I'm having the best day of my life. And I say that constantly to people. And usually it will I'll say that best day of my life thing to uh, folks like that at a cash register, you know, because they kind of like by default, hey, how's it going today? Oh, I'm having the best day of my life. And they look at you <laughs> like, what? You, you know, just win the I mean, lottery. Yeah, and I get asked that constantly, you know, and I tell, you know, and, and oftentimes I'll, I'll tell people, I'll be like, no, man, you know, uh, I'm born again and I live in America. Like, what do I, you know, <laughs> right. it doesn't get any better than this, you know? So uh, having some perspective I think helps a lot and having a good attitude that is attractive, that draws people to you. Cause keep in mind, Anyone that has – you ever meet that – now, I'm going to say woman just because that's mostly the time that I run into it. But that Karen. woman with the, <laughs> with the sour attitude who looks like she's sucking on a lemon and she never smiles and, you know, just one that, you know, is like more
1: – so you're just like, thank you, God, that I didn't end up stuck yeah. with that woman.
0: <laughs> oh, that you know that that's not my mother-in-law. You know, I mean, the the woman that gives mother-in-laws a bad name, you know, and the kind that just is kind of complaining about everything. And it's like, that's not attractive to anybody. You know, that's mm-hmm. not warm. That's not welcoming. That's not that's not being a good host. That's not. And when we read through the Bible. Every single group except one was attracted to Jesus. Literally every single group. The only group that were not were the hypocrites. That's it. That is it. Okay. And and typically we see Jesus throw that title the most often at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Okay. So, and, and I get that. But other than that, everybody was attracted to Jesus. Little kids were attracted to him. The sick and the lame were attracted to him. Jews and Gentiles were attracted to him lawyers were attracted to him prostitutes were attracted to him every single person out there was attracted to jesus so i need my speech to make me into that person and i think some of us have trouble with it because we don't believe that we really have it that good we don't believe that the worst thing that could happen to me caleb is i die and i go to heaven that's the worst thing that could ever happen this life, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Okay, I don't, I, you know, we're pilgrims in this world. And so I think that not only do we not have to curse, but I think we need to be the kind of person that that people want to be around. Have you ever walked into a room? It's a party or a gathering or a barbecue or something where there's a lot of people there. And you see that one guy that you're friends with and this sigh of relief comes over you thinking, oh, I'm so glad he's here. Right. Right. Okay. That's what we want to be as a Christian. We don't want to be that lemon sucking sour puss, complainy, you know, old crank of a woman that nobody wants to be around. We want I think to be you just
1: dropped like two or three Christian customers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, so I think our speech is a big part of that. And when our speech is there, you know, our attitude is going to follow, you know, so that's really what we want to, that's what we want to do. Yeah, so that's interesting. And Sharon, that was not for you. I love you and Bruce. You are the two most wonderful people in the world. Okay, you know that wasn't for you, so stop joking around. I saw her comment right there.
1: <laughs> we said Sharon, not we said Karen, not Sharon.
0: Karen with a K. Caleb said Karen, not Sharon. Yes, very good. That's
1: really unfortunate that that's become a comparison of that name because I know I know some ladies that are named Karen that are super nice. Yeah. So yeah. So here is, um, you mentioned this idea of of being warm, compassionate, um, mm-hmm. yeah. easy to be around people. Somebody that when they walk in the room, they're not like, oh, no, there's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's a, a verse in Galatians that most of us mm-hmm. have memorized by heart. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about the fruit of the spirit. The, the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control mm-hmm. against such there is no law mm-hmm. so i have known christians that were careful with their language and they would never say a word that was that was questionable at all
0: untoward
1: Yes. So they were not the kind of people that would accidentally say that something got screwed up, or that yeah. their day sucked, or they anything questionable uh, like that. It was yeah. just
0: not even. You know, and
1: I have believe me, them. I've been called out by Christians for saying both yeah. of those things. Yeah, sure. Like how, no how dare called you me say me that out
0: for anything ever?
1: No one's ever called you out for anything, really.
0: <laughs> well, you have you know? But I, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know,
1: oh, oh you for what? <laughs> I think I it was know. a gesture on your Facebook at some point.
0: <laughs> oh, some picture I put up it for yeah. for my for the governor of my state. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yep.
1: So um, I was waving to so, him. So here is here is a concept of of having the fruit of the spirit. So to me, when I focus on. When I when I start my day out in prayer, when I spend time in the Word, um, I'm not going to go around with an attitude that is gonna that's gonna cause me to go off the rails on somebody and and chew somebody out or or be negative. and And it helps me when I'm in when I am more spiritually minded when when I do encounter people that are like that to be mm-hmm. able to be calm, cool, and collected. I was with you and my brother in law at one point in Colorado, and there was a, a guy that showed up. I don't know oh, if you remember in the this
0: alleyway that yeah, one? in the alleyway oh, with the
1: trash can. <laughs> and, and it was, it, he showed up and he was upset because what was the deal? The trash can had like
0: the trash can was moved over three feet from where it was supposed to be. I mean, it, it, was, it was something, it was ridiculous. like right
1: on the property line. And he felt yeah. like that somebody was putting the trash can on his side. And so he grabs the trash can and he slings it and throws all the Bro. trash out. Says, yeah. Like, all it's these like, bad words and we're the ones out there the and he's pit. chewing us out um yeah. one side and down the other and none of oh. us had done the trash can we're not the ones that put it there it wasn't our hey, house was we no were contractors house. on yeah. a job yeah and so it was remarkable to me to have um the three of us yes and and there, and some of us some of us could or- have Oh I, yeah. knew, I know people that would have escalated the situation. Yep. There were there were firearms on the job site. It could have escalated. Yeah. It could have turned really bad. And <laughs> pretty sure Patrick had at, at probably a whole arsenal you with him.
0: me at the time,
1: <laughs> at least. And instead of escalating the situation and being a jerk about it um we were able to say hey apparently you're having a bad day and sorry about that and i think didn't you show up with a loaf of bread the next day or something and take it over to him
0: yeah i brought over some donuts i stopped at the bakery and i i brought donuts for everyone and while i was at the bakery i was like you know what i'm gonna bring that guy and his wife some donuts right and I, i went up and i knocked on the door and i said hey you know um Uh, I forgot your name. Do you remember me from the other day? And he's like, yeah. I said, well, you looked like you're having a real bad day the other day. So I brought you two of my favorite donuts from the bakery down the street. I thought you and your wife would like them with your coffee this morning. And, uh, Oh, he just melted into a puddle. I mean, he was, he was speechless. He had no idea what to say or do. And he was like, that is so nice. And thank you. You know, I mean, he, you know, it was, you know, we, and, and keep in mind, the whole time we did nothing wrong. We were literally right. standing in the alley like talking about the job. Which we were just near the trash cans. <laughs> actually,
1: makes it in some situations that can make it easier not to become unhinged because you realize right. this guy's just off the rails and yeah. whatever. You're, you're, I found that it's harder not to take offense when, when there's a lot more truth to what they're saying because yeah. yeah. the truth hurts when worse.
0: actually did something.
1: Yeah, sure. In like this the case, we didn't.
0: Situation that you were in,
1: right? What's huh? that? The gravel, gravel situation. situation right. Just, yeah. Give me an amen there. So there's there's um, there's times where um, I find that in a situation like that, that having a little bit of self-control goes a long ways. And the Bible says yeah. that a kind word turns away wrath. And Turn sometimes wrath. sometimes, yep. just not saying anything, not flipping them off and going and jumping in your truck and spinning gravel or slamming a door or you know all the different things that you could do, mm. not doing those things sometimes... Is more effective saying nothing sometimes, or just not engaging them in that type of way, can be yeah. it can it can really make them realize what a fool they just made of themselves, and they'll sometimes come back and apologize or kind of back off. As opposed to escalating the situation, is, is really not ever the right thing to do. So yeah. here here is a situation where I've known people that were very aggressive, would would escalate situations, um, and never use bad language. And didn't seem to have much self control, didn't seem to have a lot of gentleness, um, kindness, long suffering, joy, peace, love. All those mm-hmm. qualities were missing, and they would chew somebody out in a Christian way um, mm-hmm. without, or get angry in a Christian way without, you know, trying to be angry and not sin, but not really portraying God's love. And so I think that sometimes, um, I think that sometimes our words do have meanings do have meaning and we should, we should choose our words carefully, but also realizing that trying super hard to be really careful about our words while not leaning on the spirit to guide us, we can be careful about our words. If we don't have other fruit of the spirit there Um, it's it, it, it doesn't do us a lot of good, but as far Mm -hmm. as self-control goes um, I've known people um, which um, and a lot, a lot of you that are on here, Chris, Chris, Troy, he said hi a few minutes ago. I'm glad you're on here. Um, a lot of people that know me well have been around me and probably heard me um, tell a joke that might be somewhat inappropriate at a time mm-hmm. or say something that would be questionable. At one point I was um, speaking in our church and I had the message and I noticed, or I think my wife or somebody mentioned to me afterward that I had said something about something getting screwed up mm-hmm. in the during the church service, which is not maybe something that most pastors would say from the pulpit. And mm-hmm. I always, I always like people that can be themselves in church, not have to sure. dress, dress the part, talk the part, but just live it, you know, live their life normal throughout the yeah. week, honor God all the time. And so I, I have used words that are questionable at times, but um, I think that most people that would know me know that I'm not a generally a negative person. If I get upset, I tend to um, and I'm not, tr- not trying to just blow to my horn here, but I do, I am conscious about trying to choose my words carefully. Um, mm-hmm. If my wife and I are having a disagreement, I don't tend to just mouth off like crazy and say everything that comes to my mind. Um, I, I, I try to have some temperance or some self-control and give us some time and, and not escalate every situation that comes along. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's probably something to be said for um, somebody that, having a little bit of grace with somebody that may not have the same standard that we have as far as cursing or cussing or dirty words and having questionable language, um, in some settings, but having a generally having the fruit of the spirit and a a decent attitude, as opposed to somebody that is that, like that negative person, that sourpuss, like you said, Mm -hmm. that may not ever say a bad word, but their attitude, um, is, is not reflective of it. And I would say for men, um, if you, if you're not careful with your words, if you are out of control with your words and you don't have control, the worst thing that I've that I've been around is angry men. Um, it's it's a terrifying thing to be around angry men that cannot control their language and sure. and, and cannot, con- you know, they tend to want to throw things, hit things, yell and mm-hmm. scream, become unhinged and not have any self-control. That, to me, is a terrifying thing when you think about their families. I've been around and in situations where there were abusive men that, that had an uncontrolled temper, whether or not they were using curse words or not. Mm-hmm. And so I would say if you, if you get to the point where you're not able to control your language, maybe it's que- questionable words, things that may be a gray area for you, but you can't control your language, that's not the fruit yeah. of the spirit. That's a good time to, to, to examine it and say, wait, why am I always slipping up and saying this or sli- slipping up and saying that? Why is it the disc pops out of my mouth when I'm angry? That isn't yeah. the fruit of the spirit. And so to be able to take that to God and say, God, this is not the person I want to be. Help me to be controlled. Help me to have self control. Mm-hmm. Help me to help have the fruit of Your spirit and have temperance here. Um, to me, that to me that would be um, for men. I would say, I would say that that's more important than not ever saying shoot or oh my mm-hmm. God, you know. Yeah. I would say having control over your tongue is is a very important thing as Christians. And that that goes that goes into other areas besides cursing as far as gossiping and, and telling truth and, you know, all kinds of other things that we clearly don't have time to discuss. But self-control. Can I give you and, some, yeah, some verses
0: for that? OK, so there's two verses out of one of Caleb's favorite books in the Bible and that's the book of James chapter three. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. And the following verse, verse six, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. So <clears throat> something that you got to rem- and let's just read the last verse. So skip verse seven and go to eight. Uh, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So something that you need to remember is that we all need help with this. It's something that none of us are going to be able to tame on our own. We need the Lord's help. So we got to go to the Lord and ask for his help. Along with that, it talks about the tongue being used to start a fire and how destructive that can be and that it's full of deadly poison. So something I always try to remember is anytime I'm upset, I can always open my mouth and say something stupid that I'm going to regret later. I can always do it later, but the second the words come out of my mouth, that's it; they're out there. You know, there's no getting them back. So that's why we want to we want to be careful. Now, with that being said, since we understand how difficult it is to control the tongue, I'm going to I'm going to read from Galatians five twenty two, which Caleb already has read tonight and that's talking about the fruit of the spirit and it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering so one of the things for us as christians is to be long suffering and and what's unfortunate is there are far too many christians that want to take every opportunity they have to shake their finger at you and call you out on whatever you know, word they hear you say in order to feel self-righteous and, you know, feel better about themselves. And that's not my job as a Christian. My job as a Christian is to be long-suffering. I'm supposed to put up with you way longer than I want. I'm supposed to forgive you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Okay, 490 to be exact, you know, at least, uh, you know, and by that time, you're going to lose count was the idea. So I'm supposed to be long suffering. And so many times, especially with new Christians, the tongue is such a difficult one for them to master. And, you know, even for Christians that have been around for a while, you know, maybe they've just never had the conviction that some of us had, as far as the the standard that we hold for what our language should be, okay, fine. Um, I'm still supposed to try to love them. And you know what I try to do, Caleb, when I hear a Christian say a word that makes me want to do that? I try not to do that. I try to stare them right in the eyes while I'm listening with a little smile on my face and, and not let it look like they just blew me out of the water with what they said. And I'm hoping that I can help them along with what they're going through in some way at some time. You know, um, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to call them out on live TV in front of hundreds of people and make a big thing out of it and throw a wrench in the whole evening. Right. That was, you know, a hypothetical situation Uh, because that's, you know, that's acting like a child and I don't want to do that.
1: Okay. So So those are my, I have called people out, um, Mm -hmm. but, and I don't know if you ever have, but I, there are certain, certain times where I do, where I do feel like it's necessary to say, Uh all right, you know what? That's unnecessary. So, and I, I personally don't think that calling Christians out calling each other Uh out on personal character issues in, as, as a general rule, I don't think that's, necessary or acceptable because i think that we're just picking the beam out or picking the speck out of somebody else's eye sure Um, i think that we should encourage each other build each other up if we see somebody falling into sin yeah black black and white sin and they're they're willfully sinning and not doing it, seeming to care. I think that's a time to call them out and say, "Hey, what's up? You mm-hmm. know, like, what what are you thinking?" That's that's a little different than saying than trying to pick apart somebody's character and say, "Well, I don't think you're patient enough, and are you sure, sure. that you're loving enough, and are you sure mm-hmm. that that le- that that's the best way you could have said that?" That's yeah. To me, is um, there's there's a biblical concept where where of course we're not supposed to call each other fools, but the first thing mm-hmm. that comes to my mind when I see Christians that act that way is. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you're not very prudent. <laughs> sure. There's a, there's a biblical concept to, to not always having to speak the first thing that comes to your mind. And when you do, and when you find yourself always having to smart off at people and, and speak the first thing that comes to their mind and, and correct their character, then the Bible says that you're a fool. I mean, Proverbs, mm-hmm. um, Proverbs says that, uh, that a fool speaks, I can't remember how it's, how it's put. A fool speaks quickly, but a prudent man, um, I, I can't remember how it's put. Anyways, I should look it up, but there's there's a biblical concept behind not just spouting off at each other the first the first time that you can. So if you wait to speak and be a little more prudent, sometimes God that's a that's a more Christ-like thing to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God can use that to convict a heart more so than always having to call each other out on stuff. But there is a time and a place I think for us to take a stand against things that are evil and Jesus is known for being controversial and in, wh- in conversations and calling people out on their, on their stuff, um, so to speak. So um, I, there's been a few times where something to me has just been so far off that mm-hmm. I just couldn't, I couldn't take it as a Christian. I felt like that crossed a line and mm-hmm. it's usually when people are extremely vulgar or demeaning toward women, like men are t- telling dirty jokes about women and, or listening to vulgar garbage music that's that's demeaning mm-hmm. toward women. To me, there's something about us as protectors that's a God-given thing where I feel like that we shouldn't just go along with that kind of stuff and be okay with it. There's mm-hmm. thing, times where I will hear people speak against God or against his name or against um, maybe not even cursing, but saying things like, um, oh, there is no such God, or if there was a God, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. I, those are times that I think that we should be willing to speak up as ambassadors for Christ and say, well, clearly that's not true. You know, there's somebody at one point that said, oh, there is no such thing as right and wrong. It's only it's only uh, a matter of perception. I said, well, that's clearly not true. <laughs> you know, I think those are opportunities for us to speak up and engage in a conversation and mm-hmm. and, and be able to speak truth and speak life. But that's a little different than, than um, critiquing somebody's character to me to say to, to speak truth and be willing to to stand up for what is true is is a little different than than saying oh i don't think you should say that that's a you know that's kind of a bad word or that that word has has a sexual connotation or it, it might have a bad a bad connotation in my opinion um mm-hmm. i think sometimes we should relax a little bit as christians and not not constantly be picking each other apart the and real quick real quick okay
0: i am along what caleb is saying i am adding a link to the comments for a video that caleb and i did previously called judging others okay so you can you know we discussed that for over an hour and a half another time and brought up a lot of bible so even though we're venturing off into a slightly different topic i just wanted everyone to know that you can go back through our videos you know and listen to that one if it's a if it's a help
1: thank you sharon for that comment uh it's good to have you on here and um, obviously both patrick and i are both just normal christian guys and neither of us are pastors or theologians or anything like that but we enjoy getting on here and just discussing uh biblical concepts and having real conversations about things that don't normally get discussed so this is obviously one of those one of those things yeah um, i'm gonna stop you right there speak for yourself buddy i am both a
0: pastor and a theologian so okay okay sorry about that yeah let's let's get that
1: straightened out okay
0: please continue <laughs>
1: you what are you say? You're a Craigslist pastor, <laughs> Craigslist preacher. <laughs> yep, I'm a Craigslist preacher. And Anyways, that's all I got. Go. Yeah, no, I think that I think we've we've pretty much we've pretty much covered the topic there. But I think that um, I think that I I would I would encourage people not to be super edgy and sensitive about this topic as far as as far as Mm -hmm. curse words realize there is a biblical concept of not cursing not speaking um, destruction or death or condemnation over somebody's life you can sit around um, you can definitely sit around coffee with with friends from your church Mm -hmm. and talk and pass judgment upon somebody in very christian lingo and um, condemn somebody or say things that are speaking uh, speaking a curse over somebody's life that they're going to hear through the grapevine. And they're going to hear that you said, Oh yeah, you hear that they're stupid or that they've got, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a bad habit or whatever, whatever it is. And, and some of these things are things that we do as Christians that I think are, are speaking, uh, speaking negativity over other people's lives that we do without saying a bad mm-hmm. word. Um, we can, we can become something less than edifying and uh, building each other up mm-hmm. without using filthy language. Mm-hmm. And we're probably should be more aware of that than we are of, of critiquing each other for saying, oh, my God, or what the heck, or things like that, that, I, that I, I know a lot of people that avoid those things. There are, I think that there are some things that are obscene, that are repulsive, you know, mm-hmm. I, obviously, most people consider the F word to be kind of that's like, known as Sure. The F word is kind of just known as like the ultimate bad word. That's just like, that's not like, it's not, it's something that that you would expect to be scolded by, by a mature adult, not just by your six year old or your eight year old kid says daddy, you just said a bad word, you know, (laughs) because you said something they didn't expect. (laughs) Um, I, I have been pretty transparent with my children and I, I went, I guess I went through a phase of of life where I almost felt like that in order to connect with people and be relevant, that I shouldn't be so stuck up and careful about it. And so I, I, I think I, I may have made the mistake of trying to engage with people by using lingo that wasn't mm-hmm. good, using some bad words to show that I was just a, a normal Christian, a normal guy, not, I wasn't mm-hmm. better than everybody else. I wasn't holier than thou. Mm-hmm. And um, some of my friends would probably be able to, to, you know, say if they hung out with me a few years ago that, that they would have heard me say some things that I wouldn't say now. And I become a little bit more careful about it. And, and in James, like you said, that's my favorite book of the Bible because I think if you had just one book and you read that book, it's pretty clear, very simple as far as how to be a Christian. It talks about pure and undefiled religion and it seems to me that when you put your faith into action as a Christian, there are certain things that if you are following a biblical concept of of um, of trying to serve and love others like Jesus, that there's certain words that you're going to abandon because they're not going to be helpful. Yeah. There's certain things that I've done in the past where I've been extremely, a lot of my friends know I'm, I I've delved into political things or controversial things on social media. And in, through ministry and things that we're a part of in our church, there's times where I've learned to become a little bit more careful about some of those things and be a little less inflammatory or realize maybe some of these things that I have an opinion about, it isn't helpful for me to spout off or speak, speak about these controversial issues or say things that might be offending to somebody um, because I'm trying to reach somebody and I'm trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And when you're busy about the kingdom, I find that um, you're less likely to, to end up, you know if you're in the if you go to over to to a, a widow's house and you take her dinner you're probably not going to mm-hmm. a- accidentally get mad trip over an extension cord in her driveway and cuss her out because mm-hmm. you're you're busy about the lord's work when you show up to her house you're going to be trying to speak life into into her situation and you're not going to end up getting angry at her and and saying something mean to her or whatever as opposed to if you're driving down the road in in the car by yourself nobody else is around and you're just busy about your day and somebody cuts you off in traffic and you feel like flipping them off mm-hmm. Um, That's, you know, when you're, when you're kingdom minded, I think, I feel like some of that has to do with having the fruit of the spirit and the more that you're kingdom minded, the less, the less likely you are to do things that are Mm unchristlike. So I find that sometimes that is what purifies us and makes us undefiled in religion is to, is to be about being the hands and feet of Jesus, serving God in his kingdom. Um, and, and we find that in doing those things, that those relationships are meaningful enough relationships to us that we, that we're not going to intentionally cause them to stumble because we care about them. Mm -hmm. So that's helped me. It's also helped me having children because my children have heard me say, say a bad word Mm -hmm. from time to time. And I've had to say, you know what, that's a bad word. I don't want you to repeat that just so you know, that's a bad word. And I'll explain to them why it's considered a bad word. And I, um, I think that we should. I think that we should be realistic with each other as Christians and with our children and not not be hypocritical. I don't think that I, I don't appreciate being around people that pretend like they don't curse or that mm-hmm. would call somebody out for cursing in church when I know that they curse outside of church. I think that it's probably more worrisome to be hypocritical than it is to occasionally say it, slip up and say a bad word. Yeah. Anyways, and hopefully I'm not watering down the truth. I, I certainly think that the Bible is pretty clear on the fact that we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't let anything uh, unwholesome come from our mouth. And so we should be careful, but also not be hypocritical. Okay, Brian, well it. It.
0: I'm going to go ahead and call it. We're at an hour and a half. So uh, we definitely filled up an hour easily enough. Yeah. So with with all that, uh, watch your mouth. There you go. Um, next week, please be sure to join us. We are going to talk about...
1: I'm not sure yet. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know either. Hopefully we're going to be talking about
1: what happened the political statement and what happened to the country after after trump finally decided to drain the swamp before yeah it's the last week that he can do it
0: yep we'll we'll see hopefully he declassifies documents
1: on all the corrupt politicians on both sides of the aisle and sends everybody scurrying for cover
0: yep uh hopefully a whole bunch of politicians are going to end up in jail Um, I'm going to go ahead and suggest that everyone, uh, go ahead and fill up your pantries with a little bit of extra food and water and maybe some emergency candles and some ammo. And, uh, if you got some money left over, throw $500 at Bitcoin. It's down a little bit
1: and a quick way to double your money. So, and, and, uh, don't show anybody this clip next time we have a toilet paper shortage because they're going to blame it on Patrick because everybody went panic buy, (laughs) panic buy. You got it. Yep. We're going (laughs) to have a toilet paper. Buy beans and rice. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for coming.
1: Thanks, Patrick. Have a good night.